Scripture's going to come out of John chapter 3 tonight. Marty, will you bless God's word, please? Amen. I hope you all have come to uh, receive a blessing tonight and didn't come to just see me. Um, I'm nothing to look at, okay? The reason I'm up here is because of God. I'm His mouthpiece. It's not about me. It's not about Holy Cross. It's all about God. <clears throat> and the question that God has for you tonight is how many times have you questioned what Jesus wants you to do. <clears throat> Be honest with yourself tonight. John chapter 3, verse 1. said, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art the teacher come from God, for no man can doeth these miracles that thou hast doeth except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born? He is old. Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now right here, this is Nicodemus, Nicodemus questioning Jesus. How many times have we questioned Jesus in our life? Every single day, right? Chase, how many times did you question Jesus when he was calling you to preach his word? More times than we should, right? <clears throat> should we not just let Jesus lead us and let him guide us? What happens when we let self get in the way? I'll just be an example. Three years ago, I announced my calling to preach. For two years, I sit and, and battled flesh and battled worldly things and just kept saying, well, why am I not getting the opportunity? Why... Why am I just, it was like I was put on the back burner. And it took my wife sitting back there that loved me enough to say, you want to know what the problem is? It's you. It was nobody else. It wasn't Jesus. It wasn't Butch. It wasn't Marty. It wasn't Chase. It wasn't Caleb. It wasn't Jess. It was me. Okay? We are the problem. We are the problem. We want to know why the church is not full? It's us. It's not Jesus' fault. Did he not come and die on the cross for, for us so we could live? Then why are we questioning him? Nicodemus did. Right? Okay, let's go on a little bit. <clears throat> Verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. We're all, we, we, we're all born in sin, right? And then when we get to the age of accountability, we're given a choice. You preached on it this morning. 
We're given a choice. That choice don't cost us nothing except for eternity. Okay? <clears throat> Verse 7 says, Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeneth, and thou hearest the sound thereof. But canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth, so is every one that is born of the Spirit. Chase, when God was calling you to preach, He was whispering in your ear, right? Was it not up to you to listen? I couldn't tell you. Or turn it off? Tell it to go away? I couldn't tell you couldn't preach. Papa couldn't tell you couldn't preach. God talks to us. It's up to us to listen to Him. It was up to me when He called me to preach and I just kept putting self in the way. I was turning Him away. And I think about the, the times that I could have had the opportunity to stand and I think about the blessings that I knocked myself out of. Not only myself, but my family. Not only my family, but my church family. I was being lazy. I was living of the world. Not no more. Okay? Not no more. He comes first in my life. If I'll put Him first in my life, then He'll place everything else the way it needs to be. Verse 9, Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him again and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Chase, are you not the master of your life? You thought you knew right and wrong, right? You thought, and I'm using, I'll say me too, I thought I was doing what God wanted me to do, but instead I was doing what Scotty wanted to do. And was it the right thing to do? No. Verse 11, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. I think about Marley, I think about Waynette, all the miracles, Wade, you back there, think about all the miracles that's sitting in this church. Would we have had them miracles if we had not given it to God? Would I be standing here tonight if it wasn't for God? No. Verse 12, If I have not told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And if no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. What are we to do when somebody's down? Lift them up. What was my wife doing that night when she looked at me and said, Hey, it's nobody's fault but you. Was she not lifting me up? 
She seen I was down. She lifted me up. She made me see the truth. Okay? The hard truth. Sometimes you have to... Honey, was that easy to tell me that night? But you done it because you loved me. We're going to get to that here in a minute. Sometimes we have to tell people the truth, even though if it means hurting their feelings, to open their eyes. Okay? Verse 14, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have, what does it say? Eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God only had one son, right? He come down here for 33 and a half years. He lived a perfect life. He did not condemn the first person that he come in contact with. He didn't judge the first person that he come in contact with. He didn't look down on nobody that he come in contact with. He didn't think that he was any better than anybody that he come in contact with. Now, I don't know about y'all, but if you've got Jesus in your heart and you're living for him, why are we doing all them things? That's the love that Jesus had, not for only just me, but for everybody. For everybody. He didn't judge me for when I, when I finally bowed down at this altar and I gave my life to him, not one time through any of that that was going on did he ever judge me for the things that I've done in my past. So why should we judge somebody for things that they've done in their past? Should we not love them? Should we not try to lift them up? Okay. Verse 17, For God sent not his Son into the world, listen here, to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. If Jesus is living in us, what are we supposed to do? Are we not his servant? We're supposed to be out here trying to bring them in trying to show them the better life. We want to know what's wrong with this world, what's wrong with this country. Look at yourself in the mirror, and me included. That's what's wrong with this world today. We're too busy putting self in the way. We're too busy worried about what we're going to do tomorrow, what we're going to do in a couple hours, what we're going to do next week. We're too busy worrying about the worldly things. Verse 16, for God so loved, well, I didn't read that one, 17, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. Am I any different from the person that's in the ditch if I walk up to them and I kick them again? 
Does it make me any different than them? Does it show that I've got Jesus in my life? Are we not supposed to be letting our light shine? Are we not supposed to be putting Jesus up on a pedestal? Instead of putting self up on a pedestal? And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world. Who's the light of the world? And if God lives in you, then you are the light of the world. Okay? And men love darkness rather than light. Papa, mean you've been out on a lake. Pretty dark out there, right? Not, not, not a good, pleasant time when we don't have no light around us, right? You can't see where you're going or where you're throwing or where you've been, okay? It'd be like somebody walking back there and flipping the light switches off here. We'd all be sitting in the dark. Would that be pleasant? Some people are scared of the dark. I don't like being in the dark. I like knowing where I'm going, okay? For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Think about the world. For everyone that doeth evil hateth what? You preached on it this morning. The light. We're the light. Everybody's doing evil. They want to hate us. They want to call us. They want to call us the ones that's doing wrong. But what does God's word say? We're to stand on the rock. This is the book of instructions. Okay? Stand on the rock. Quit worrying about what everybody else is saying behind your back. Don't worry about it. It ain't nothing but the devil no way trying to get on your back. You just move on forward. Don't go over here and sit down in the chair and give up. That's what I've done for two years. I went there in the chair and sat down and give up and said, oh, somebody else can do it. Not no more. I'm done with that. Okay? 21. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light. When I come that morning and give my life to, to God this that morning, I had, to come, I had to come to the truth in my life that I couldn't go no further. I was down as far as I could go. I was pretty much crawling and asking Him to save me and take over my life. Okay? I couldn't go no further. I crawled to the light, Amen. which is what we're supposed to do. We crawl to the light. You can make an altar anywhere. At the baptism hall the other night, uh, a couple weeks ago, you took a rock and you made it an altar. You can make an altar anywhere, okay? Sometimes at work, Marty, you'll know where I'm going with this. Sometimes at work, we get drugged down. We get aggravated. We get tired. We get to the point to just throwing your hands up. What are we to do? When you can't go no further. Think about it when you got saved. What did you do when you got saved? You crawled to the light. The light being God. And you give it to Him. But he that doeth truth coming to the light, and his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. 
when I brought everything to the altar that morning, I give it to him and I give my life to him, everything that I had done before then was wiped clean, was gone. I didn't have to worry about it no more. Sure, he still lets me remember a few things here and there. That's part of my testimony. That's part of where he brought me from. But does he judge me for it? No. He wiped it clean. That's how much he loved me. That's how much he loved all of you. That's why he sent his only son here to get beat, trotted, hung on the cross. Everything that Jesus went through, he'd done it for us. We're supposed to be willing to do the same thing for the brother or a sister. That's the kind of love that we're supposed to have. Verse 22, After these things came Jesus and his disciples into the land of Judea, and there be tarried with them and baptized. I don't know about y'all, but when I got baptized, that was a, I remember it, it was a little chilly that morning. The water was cold when I first went in. But when I got dunked and brought back up, it was like I was a brand new man. Everything was wiped and washed clean. I was brand new. That's what Jesus wants for us today. He wants us to be new. He don't want us to have that old used car smell. He wants us to have the new car smell. The smell of Jesus. When you walk into a room, he wants people to look at you and say, there's something different about him. Or there's something different about her. Caleb, when you go to work every day, people's already talking, right? They see a difference in your life. They see a difference in mine now that I finally got self out of the way. We are the difference. Now, Papa, you've been preaching for almost 50 years, right? You've made a difference. You've made a difference in so many lives. Me being one of them. Marty, how long have you been preaching? Teaching? I know you for 16 years. You made a difference in my life. That's what you were supposed to do. You made a difference. If it was only me, that's what, that's what you was here for. I was talking to, I think it was Willie the other night, and he was like, I don't understand it. I, I really don't. And I said, well, Willie, God could be calling you to preach because there's only one person out here that you can get to. I didn't understand it when he was calling me to preach until I got in here and got to studying and got to thinking, you know what? Maybe there's only one person out here that I can get to. Okay? Verse 23, And John also was baptizing in the Amon near to Salome, because there was much water there, and they came and they were baptized. For John was not yet cast into prison. Then there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purifying. Are you not purified when you're baptized? Is that not 
showing signs of purity? Are we not supposed to be pure? Going back to what you preached on this morning. Does God want you to be lukewarm? He would rather you be cold than lukewarm. Okay, if we're living for God and we're living for Jesus and Jesus is in our heart, we should be pure. We shouldn't be 50%. We should be pure. Pure means 100% perfect. 100% living for Jesus. Not 50, not 75, not 80, not 85, 100%. This message tonight might have been just for me. I don't know. Verse 26, And they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan to whom thou bearest witness, behold the same baptism, and all men come to him. And John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it be given to him from heaven. Papa, you've always said it's better to give than receive, right? Did Jesus not give his life to receive yours, to receive mine? That's enough to shout about. Is that not enough to say, thank you, Lord? Is that not enough to say, thank you, Jesus, for everything you have done for me? Every blessing that you've, that you've poured out on me, poured out on my family, poured out on my church, thank you. I can't thank him enough. He's given me the opportunity to stand. He's given me the breath to breathe. He gave me a cold drink of water if I need it here in a minute. He's given me everything I need, but yet we want to stand and complain about everything. We want to whine because we got to get up early in the morning and go to work. We want to whine if we go out and the car won't crank. We want to whine if we get to work and somebody blurts out a mouthful that they shouldn't. What should we do in a situation? Give it to God. Thank Him when you wake up in the morning at 6 o'clock or whenever you got to get up. Thank Him for waking you up and giving you another day. If you go out there and your car won't crank, thank Him. He could be keeping you out of a wreck. You get to work that morning and somebody blurts out a mouthful they shouldn't, just say, hey, God loves you too. I'm preaching to me too. 27, and John answered and said, A man can receiveth nothing except it be given from heaven. Ye yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. Papa, you're not Christ. But God sent you. God placed you here. Same thing for you, Chase. Same thing for me, same thing for you, Marty, same thing for you, Caleb, each and every one of y'all in here. God sent you here for a reason. I don't know what that reason is. But if you'll follow Jesus, eventually you'll figure out the reason. 
29, he that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him rejoice greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy there is fulfilled. I don't know about y'all, but when I hear the Lord talking to me, it just fills me up. Fills me up. Sometimes fills me up so much all I can do is cry because then I think about me. I think about what have I done today to deserve what he's given me. Verse 30. He must increase. He. What's he talking about here? Is he talking about Scotty increasing? Is he talking about Butch increasing? Is he talking about Chase increasing? No. He must increase, but I must decrease. Scotty must decrease. Let more Jesus in. Get Scotty out of the way. Get Marty out of the way. Marty, you're dealing with something right now. I told you earlier, give it to God 100%. Let him handle it. Because if Marty tries to handle it, what's going to happen? Mess up. Make a mess out of it. Scotty tries to handle it. It's like this message, if, Scott, if, if, if Scotty wanted to get up here, uh, it'd be a, pfft, be a mess. Okay? So, he must increase, but I must decrease. Take I out and put your name in there. Verse 31, he that cometh from above is above all. What did it say? He that come from above is above who? All. So it don't say Caleb. Are you above him? He's above you. He's above all. He that is of the earth is earthly and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is all above. Sure, there's some things down here that's nice. It's okay having nice things. As long as God blesses you with them. And you're not boastful. And then, you know, used to, I'd say, man, I'd love to have a nice truck. Or I'd love to have a nice boat. But I'm not lusting over them things. I'm happy with what God has blessed me with. And what he's blessed me with, I'm not boastful about it. I don't go around bragging about it. Okay, that's something he taught me a long time. First, probably one of the first things he taught me. Don't let pride get in the way. Verse 32, And with he hath seen and heard that he testifieth, and no man receiveth his testimony. Martin, I think about you. I've heard bits and pieces of your testimony Marty got to hear it this weekend do you not think that made him stronger we all have a testimony your testimony could make me stronger 
Chase, your testimony could make me stronger. We all have a testimony. 34, for he whom God has sent speaketh the words of God. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. Read again. For he whom God has sent speaketh the words of God. Does it say anything right there about speaketh the words of Scotty? Or speaketh the words of Butch? Or speaketh the words of Chase? No, it says speak the words of God. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. Verse 35, The Father loveth the Son, and hath given all things unto his hand. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not be life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Think about your life tonight, church. Think about how many times you've questioned Jesus on something Jesus is trying to get you to understand. Stop questioning Him. Just live for Him. Let Him show you the way. Get self completely out of the way because if you don't, you're going to find yourself where I was at and that was sitting over here in the chair saying, oh, somebody else will take care of it. And it's not, a, it's not a pleasant place to be. I'll just go ahead and tell you. It's not. I didn't realize what I was doing until somebody loved me enough to tell me the truth. So if you're questioning God and you see Nicodemus done the same thing, you're not the only one to question him. Don't think you are. We all do it. We're all guilty. Just trust him. Let him lead you. Okay? That's all I got, Butch. He said his grace was sufficient. And when you need more of the Spirit, you'll have more of the Spirit. God always supplies your every need. That's what gets us in trouble. I remember uh, when Shirley Collins, we was all talking about washing feet one day, and she looked over at me and said, I'll never wash your feet. And I said, yeah, you will. No, I won't. She throwed that hand up on that hip. I said, I know you will. Let me tell you why I know you will. Because... The Bible says, don't never say never, never. In other words, if you'll study the words, you say, now she said by the grace of God, she might not have would have. But she said she'd never do it. When you say some kind of words like it, you'll always eat them. You always eat those words. But if you say by the grace of God, 
I don't have no intentions in my heart ever turning back. But if I stand here and tell you I'll never turn back, if I don't say, but by the grace of God, I pray that I'll never turn back. We got, we, we got to learn how to put our words in order. And you know where it will line up with the word of God. And so we're not here to boast like Scotty was talking about, about ourselves. We're here to boast about him. It's all about him. It's all about taking John chapter 3 to her heart. The message that God gives Scotty tonight to remind you, to remind me. See, there's a lot of good teaching in that chapter. Not counting the, the love of God, so God so loved the world. And then what he said about his son. But all the other things that lines up with God's love in his son. And uh, so we just need to come to the point in our life and realize it's impossible to please him without walking in his love and in his word and doing what he has asked us to do. And so if I start to boast in, uh, they some of these guys I hear them how they're going to beat one another and how they're going to put it on the other one and everything, fishing. And I sat there and think to myself, you shouldn't be talking like that because it's going to come back to bite you. Amen? I just go with the flow. If I do good, I do good. If I don't do good, I don't do good. The only thing I boast about why I'm there is Jesus. I don't boast about now, I have said this, man, I lost some good fish tonight, you know, and it broke my heart, <laughs> amen. I told that, but, you know, it's just <clears throat> the words we choose to use should come out of there, out of that Bible. He says, say this, by the grace of God I will do this or do that. And if it's not by God's grace, it won't happen. Amen? And so Scotty brought the message that God gave him to remind us God's still in control. He's still on the throne. He's still there. Uh, he didn't give us the spirit by measure. Kendall, when he saved you, honey, he didn't just give you just a little bit. He gave you all you'd never eat. All you got to do is use it. The Spirit lives inside of you. All you got to do is use it. Amen? You got to stand on it by faith, nothing wavering. And so, you know, we take it because God never gave me a little bit of anything. He gave me a whole lot of everything when he saved my soul. Amen? No, he saved me all the way, a whole bunch. Because he's greater than I am. He said he was. I believe him, don't you? Amen. Thank you, Scotty, for the word. Thank you for coming tonight. Anybody got anything upon their heart? As we stand, we come to the altar and pray. If anybody, Kendall going to come, do a song.
And if you feel led to come and pray about anything, and and just like uh, it's been said here several times today, Marty said it, Caleb said it, I said it, and I think Scotty said it too. You know, we gotta we gotta let go of it and give it to God, and let Him take care of it because you'll never be able to take care of it on your own. And so we give it to Him, and then we trust Him. If you don't trust him when you give it to him, it ain't going to happen. You've got to trust him. You've got to have faith in him. Sandra told me this morning she was aimed to take a nitro, but she decided she'd get up and come and put it in the hands of the Lord. Amen. That's what we're supposed to do. And we, and we, are, we are to believe it. We're to trust in God for it. And so it takes faith to move a mountain, y'all. But it don't take a whole lot. Just a little bit. Just a little bit of faith. Amen? Just a little bit of faith, ain't it, Mark? We can do a whole lot with just a little bit of the faith that we have in the Lord. So just mind God. Don't know how I'm gonna make ends meet. 
I did my best and now I'm scared to death that we might lose everything. And when sickness takes my child away and there's nothing I can do, my only hope is to trust in yes, you. Yes, Amen. I trust you, Lord, because in the eye of the storm, you remain in control. In the middle of the war, you guard my soul. You alone are the anchor when my sails are torn. Your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. In the eye of the storm, you remain in control. In the middle of the war, you guard my soul. And you alone are the anchor when my sails are torn. Your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. Your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. while ago while they were singing I went talked to Brother Wade a little bit and I told him I just wanted to encourage him and I, I know it's been tough on him see what he's been going through and sometimes we just need to encourage one another and lift one another up just remind people you're not you're not going through it alone. I mean, God's right there with you every step of the way. But God's children love and care, and they're praying, and that's what it's all about. I was looking at the what was in that bottle. Y'all can't even see it. I can't see it now, but if I bring it up here, I barely can see it. It's a mustard seed. That's all the faith you need to remove any mountain out of your life. Just that much. And you've got way more faith than that. Just use it. Just use it. Amen. All hearts clear? Praise God. It's good. It's good to be in the Lord's house. <laughs> Amen. Go back there where they can shake your hands, Scott. You got something, Jeff?
Yeah. Game teach? No. <laughs> can't do that amen Amen. Amen, Jess. God bless you, honey. What he said is so real, so true. Anybody else? Jesse, dismiss. Yes, Yes, Lord. Yes, Yes, Lord. Amen. I had Scotty go to the back. Go ahead. Uh-huh. 
Amen. Praise God.